Welcome to the Hustlerd Podcast. I'm your host Navneet, and the guest for today is Angela B. Chat. She is the co-founder and CEO of Hackathon International, two-time TEDx speaker, ARN Women in IST Award winner, Schneider Electric President's Award recipient, and a serial hacker. And she believes the best way to predict the future is for you to create it. So let's get started. <laughs> Hi Angela, welcome to the Hustler podcast. So to begin with, can you please share what is Hackathon International and how it got started? Yeah, so Hackathons International is all around giving tech opportunities, you know, roles, anything to do with understanding what it's like to make a positive difference on the world and making that accessible for everyone everywhere. I think a lot of the time, traditionally, um, you know, we put roles in a pedestal or we have an expectation that it's going to be a certain kind of particular you know person that will fulfill a role but we want to see um, a lot of minority groups any underserved communities um, you know helping to diversify the genders that are put into roles like this um, ensuring that when people are in those roles it offers flexibility there's sustainability mandates um, and it's for the modern employees so in a nutshell, Hackathons International is all about just bringing, you know, community together, making sure that people are exceeding their high, you know, potential roles and just ensuring that there are job opportunities that are for everyone. Um, interesting question about how we got started. So I started doing hackathons almost 10 years ago and that was a whole different landscape. I um, had completed my university degree and I'd been you know, freelancing, doing part-time work, um, was at some charity organizations as well. And I found that really hard to find a full-time role. I was looking for a bit of, you know, you know, I was looking to make a difference in this world. I was wanting to focus my energy on something that I really wanted to pursue and was passionate about. And so, you know, with a lot of people out there who are very new to their careers, it was very hard to find the right role for me in that space. So basically was thinking to myself, well, instead of putting the future of what I do in other people's hands, why don't I take control of that and see how I could make a difference um, with what I could do. So um, from that perspective, I didn't study IT. I didn't study user experience. I never studied business. And so I told one of my friends that I wanted to develop an app to help charity organizations, not only them, but also their support networks. And she's like, why don't you go to a hackathon? Because you need to understand what technology can do, what are you know, business models. And so I went to one and I just met all these amazing um, entrepreneurs. I met these amazing like executives at corporate companies that you would not, you know, we're like, oh, that, like I know that brand. And so throughout those experiences, I went to more and more hackathons, became a bit obsessed with them. I did around 30 myself before running, um, starting Hackathons Australia. And so it started out as a Facebook group and we'd been running, facilitating events, as well as doing a lot of marketing activations for hackathons that were happening around in Australia. And then with COVID, a lot of organizations were approaching us seeing how they could tap into the talent market in Australia. So I moved to the US now and I live now in the US um, and I moved there a year ago, 
from today. And so it's been such a great journey, just understanding like there's um, a great landscape where we can share and connect with people all around the world. And that's where kind of our mission comes in and still right now. Yeah, that's amazing. So who are your early employees, uh, the group of people you started with Hackathon International? So who are your early people, group of people, and how did you find them? Yeah, so with Hackathons Australia, um, it was through a lot of networking at Hackathons. So the original yeah. core team, it was one of my first universities that we um the, one of the first hackathons that you know I actually got to learn and bonded with some people there and we had like a really great rhythm and a pathway so at my university the U University of Technology Sydney that's where um, Darren Liv and I we just were okay like let's do something about this let's put this group together let's moderate it see where the opportunities are with Hackathons International, we started the business officially um, as a business this year. So it's been very new, but it hasn't, it's been probably since March, 2020, two years ago where COVID hit and we're like, I, you know, we're like, okay, we can expand around the world. What does that look like? And so with our team, the initial team, basically I'd met Dave and he was working at um, a corporate organization and he just was wanting to do something and be part of a startup. And he had some great design thinking skills, frameworks. So it was through a hackathon that we met. And then the other person, Patrick, him and I actually went to you know um, high school together. So we've been buddies for a long time. He had lost his job um, previously. And so he was in between jobs and he was trying to learn to program and understand what it's like to be in the tech world. So I was like, I have an opportunity for you. Why don't we do this together? And he is yeah. such a curious learner, can, you know, thinks, you know, strategically, but is also there to, you know, Google things and make things happen. So that was the initial team. Um, yeah. Now, both of them are not with us anymore, but we have a new team since we now registered as a fully fledged business. And the people that I have on board are friends of friends, um, people that um, we just put a job ad out there. We said, hey, we're looking for the right people. What does that look like? I think for me, I knew exactly what my business would do. Um, I know exactly the values that we have within us and how we work together as a team. So we have a very specific culture. So it's just making sure that there's a cultural fit in what we do. Sure. Also, I wanted to speaking about the COVID. So does the business model or the business plan pivoted after pandemic hit or are you also looking forward to offline or you are completely want to completely move towards the online platform? Like with Hackathons Australia pivoting to Hackathons yeah. International, like they still yeah. both run. So that's what happened at the start of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, so like very two different business entities. Um, and then with Hackathons International, as we're opening up a lot, so we're running hybrid hackathons. So we've got one happening in two weeks on March 12th and 13th. So it's an online hackathon with the option of coming into the Amazon offices. So the online option is very critical for us, especially because we've partnered with a medical college and we know that um, everything has to be accessible for everyone. We want to be ensuring that we abide by CDC guidelines as well. So just ensuring that we have that covered. We also know that people need to have the face-to-face -face element as well. So you know, if you're vaccinated, you have your proof and then being tested, um, you have the option of coming in. Yeah. So this is your first company, right? Business as an official business. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what were the challenges phase you had faced while incorporating this as a business for the first time founders? Yeah, I think like when we created Hackathons Australia, I think the the biggest challenge was that it was so community focused that everyone wanted a piece in it. But yeah. I think you need to understand and like what you want to get out of it and why you why that business exists. So I think that was the first thing. It's just like understanding what are the views out there? How do we align it and match it with like our views as a team? That was like very hard. Um, I guess like another thing, like challenge is getting customers on board. I think a lot of people don't really know how to sell, myself included um, at the start, but obviously like learning over time, like how to talk to customers, how to get them on board very quickly. A lot of people love, you know, I'm more technology experts. I'm very much, I know what a hackathon, I know how to execute a hackathon. I know how to do it logistically. It's very easy for me because I've participated in so many hackathons. I know the things that you do and the things you don't do, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, one thing, especially when going into Hackathons International, first thing I did was find someone to do sales because I know that's not my expertise. So I think one thing I did learn is you can't do everything. And I've been doing that you know, since 2014, almost until last year. Um, but having this new team on board is kind of like, okay, how do we divide and conquer? How do we ensure that... You know, for me, I want to upskill myself so I can get a whole, you know, 360 around the whole company so I can at least guide and lead in the right aspects. But when it comes to doing tasks, like I am not the best financial person, right? So I got a CFO immediately. So those are the things that um, as an early entrepreneur that you might need to understand for yourself because it's very easy where you're bootstrapping, you have no money, like we're not funded at all. We have no investors. So for us, we're very like customer driven, right? Okay. So, and I yeah. think a lot of people are the same. <laughs> yeah, means that for, for our founders, you should be true to yourself. You should understand your strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. So, and Schneider, you were also given an opportunity to lead an entirely new segment, uh, head of innovation and this opportunity. So how did you make most of this opportunity and what were your first steps uh, in this direction? Yeah, so at Schneider Electric, I think one key thing is that I started out in a company in one of the small business, not small, like in one business. So we're selling data centers and UPSs and, you know, making sure that there's uptime for a lot of facilities and campuses, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Back then, we didn't have the whole Schneider kind of scope um, of what we do. And so I had actually run a hackathon as part of our innovation summits. And these are the conferences or summits that we run on a year to year basis. Uh, what I really liked about that was um, just the ability for myself to grow, to understand the whole of the Schneider products and offers and everything. Cause I had a lot of friends in the industry who told me what we did as well, which is really great. I think for the company, it allowed them to be positioned in a way that it was innovative, creative, forward thinking, understand what we did with sustainability, renewables, smart buildings, smart cities, etc etc so the way that it helps a company develop its brand perception brand awareness it is a totally different market that you tap into and so through that experience like we had one of the judges from shark tank australia come in ask questions be one of the judges we had so many people come in from so many different industries that 
are not familiar with Schneider and it was a whole different channel, a whole different way of thinking. And through that experience, I got to meet the country president um, of Pacific, so Pacific being Australia and New Zealand, and also the HR head of HR at that time, Pip. And so basically they approached me immediately after the hackathon and they were like, well, you work in this side of the business, but we think you have great skills, you know, in innovation. Why don't you create something, a role that you want to do and pursue? And so I spent a couple of months just understanding what was the need, where was the gap in the business, how I can utilize my skills to help pursue innovation in the zone. And so from that standpoint, I started running programs on a yearly basis to help accelerate the growth of the company. Um, and that has been like super enriching, seeing um, and helping talent develop throughout time, how to accelerate the businesses and also generate pipeline. Um, and through that, I think it's been really great just like networking with a lot of people. And obviously that's really helped me land my job in the US right now in the microgrid team. So I'm currently based in Nashville in Tennessee and that's in the team that I'm in, we help deliver you know, sustainability, cost optimization, and also resilience when it comes to facilities, when it comes to buildings, when it comes to campuses to ensure that they use cleaner, more renewable, green energy. Right, right. So if, for example, any person is given an opportunity, let's say you want to do this, so you build a segment, whatever you want, you can do at this company. So for him, what should be the first top three things you they should be looking at? They should do at the initial stage to do whatever they want at a particular company. Um, so if you're going to a company and they say, do whatever yeah. you want, I'm not sure if that's like, I think it's always good to all, always understand what is the purpose of your role. I think yeah. for me, when I got into the innovation role, like I always like one thing that the country president always said to me, Gareth, he'll be like, Angela, I need to be, I need you to be fostering a culture of innovation. That's the purpose of your role. And this is why you exist. So you always understand what is the bigger picture? What is my purpose? And then work backwards from there because you can develop programs, you can develop activities, events and all that kind of thing. But none of that will be any value to your sponsor or to someone who's employing you because that's the role that you're supposed to be fulfilling, fostering that culture of innovation. And then for me, I added on, you know, growth opportunities. How do we generate that pipeline? Yeah. So how that culture of innovation happened for you? Like, how did you develop within the company? Um, so like there's a lot of things that we did in the company. So we did, for example, electric vehicles. That was something of a growth mechanism. A lot of us are looking into hybrid cars, electric vehicles. There's also battery that's coming out. So a lot of that's being manufactured and there's a lot of government mandates to ensure that we go towards net zero. So that was one of the big things. Another thing was the consulting services that Schneider um, was looking at standing up to see if that would be valuable to customers being all of the time where the technology provider, the service provider, um, but understanding, okay, what is what are the additional things that you need and kind of working to understand the customer problems in depth and then going through that whole process. That was another key thing. Um, another thing was the customer experience. So going, okay, like we have all these customers, how do we um, automate a lot of these processes? What does that look like? 
Another thing was um, around our distribution centers. So we we're using single-use pallets and they were not sustainable. They were made out of plastic. So we we're looking at a different supplier so that we can buy these pallets that can be re reused 100 times again and again and again. And so we can recycle them and it's more um, beneficial for the environment. Yeah, that's a great insight into Schneider. And in, let's say, most of the startups in the US, they don't stand the time. Uh, only 10% startups survive after 10 years. So do you think that innovation has become a necessi necessity for now? Yeah, I think like it does take 10 years to do anything. It's almost approaching yeah. 10 years for me, which is saying a lot. But um, I think for me, it's always around like persistence um, and passion. So making sure that you do it in a way that is impactful but doing it on an ongoing basis because that's how you build your thought leadership. This is how you build your product. This is how you build your service. And, you know, there's always an up and down journey in every way, shape or form, unless you already have the resources, the networks, the teams that you've, you know, gotten from, I mean, a lot of the time it's, you know, family members or like parents and that kind of thing. Um, that obviously accelerates it, but I guess like coming from scratch, it always takes at least that amount of time. And I think it's always good from a personal development standpoint. Not many startups succeed because they, a lot of people think that they will be successful in three to six months. Um, it happens to some people, but not for everyone. And it actually, there's a lot behind the scenes. It's only the tip of the iceberg that you see a lot of successes. So I know I post a lot on LinkedIn and stuff like that, but it's a lot of hard work, a lot of hustle that you have to go through to talk to people, um, to create relationships, to get ownership, you know, trusted networks as well. So um, if you are, you know, it's an up and down journey. If you are in that space where you don't feel like you're being successful, look in success in other ways. It doesn't have to be revenue streams. It could also be your development, you know, learning how to prioritize, learning how to put boundaries in place, learning how to build a team, be a leader, um, you know, speaking at events or whatever else it is. It's always good to have that mentality as well. Right, right. That's great. So uh, let's say what if we have to develop a hacker mindset, what do you, according to who is a hacker and how we can develop a mindset of a hacker? Yeah, so a hacker, I think traditionally when it comes to things is like, you know, what is a programmer who likes to solve problems and to, you know, go away and develop something or, you know, get into systems. I think for us, the hacker mindset is all around learning. So failing to learn, but having fun learning. I think having fun is always a mentality that you need to have. You can't just do something just for the sake of it. You need to have fun. You need to enjoy it, have a great experience out of it. And when everyone has that same mindset, it just makes things so much easier. So for example, like you might, you know, go to a hackathon and you think, oh, this is like the worst experience. Like you do, you kind of put like just with anything, you get as much of what you put in, right? And so with learning, it's kind of like going, okay, like we're in this to help improve ourselves. We wanna enjoy it as much as we can. And we want to learn at the same time. So I think that's like the, the core fundamentals of what um, the hacker mindset is. Since you have worked at both the countries, Australia as well as in America. So what is the main key differences between both the markets and the approach toward business? Is it different, similar? Can you share? Yeah, 
<laughs> good question so when it comes to australia i guess like it's more slower paced everyone's kind of enjoying their lives and having a work-life balance um everyone's very friendly like i find it really easy to make friends in the us it's definitely more fast-paced everyone's on time everyone's hustling hard you're texting everyone i'm like oh there's too many text messages like i'm fine yeah. <laughs> so i'm I'm guessing it's more civilized in Australia. In the US, there's a lot more disparities, inequalities. There's a lot more cliques than I thought it would be. Um, just seeing how, you know, there's a lot of different groups. And unless you have a good brand or a good, you know, customer along with you, it's really hard to get to break barriers. Um, that's what I found. But I think it gets easier as you, you know, kind of go along. Again, it's around consistency. It's, a get, it's around persistence. I think in Australia, um, like a lot of the time, it's easy to kind of get connected into, you know, ecosystems, which I enjoy. Um, and I think there's a lot more, you know, um, diversity in terms of like people in the different cities and embracing cultures as well. So I think just making sure that there's a good balance there. Yeah. So how was your, for example, if someone is looking forward to move to USA, US, so what are the key things they, they should be aware of? Let's say we are moving mm -hmm. to Australia to the US. So key things they should be looking forward to. Well, I think one thing that's really helpful is that there are landing pads for startups, especially for US, um, Australia. So I think there's one maybe in San Diego, San Diego or San Francisco or something like that. So I think it's good maybe to get connected in there. So for me, I live in the South. And it's not one of the big cities in the US. So my experience is definitely much more different than anyone else who goes to New York, you know, for example. So I would say like city, like if you do go to the big city, it's going to be easy for you. There's going to be, you know, a lot more people from around the world, you could say. But if you go to the South, it's um, very much very American culture. Um, a lot of the South is around, um, there's a lot of Black um, history as well, which is, really good in terms of education um i just went to atlanta the other week and i went to the place where martin luther king jr was born where he led a lot of protests movements um and there's the freedom riders and um i think from from that perspective it really you see a different culture of um of america just seeing that there's there was just so many people fighting for freedom and that's a basic human right and so for me i really enjoyed just learning about that cultural side of things in the south so just being aware that like number one having an open mindset um educating yourself is also super important um and then making sure that like you come in without any biases always ask questions like I think this year for International Women's Day coming up on the 8th is how do we break biases, right? So I think a lot of people, you know, they see someone like me and they're like, oh, you're not from Australia. But I'm like, well, I was born there and I was raised there. So that's the culture that I've grown up with, right? So I think a lot of the time um, we need to also ask ourselves how do we you know, be more inclusive and just don't put things, you know, <laughs> into perspective as we see yeah. them to be. Yeah, that's great. We got an idea. So the, for the next set of questions, it is a kind of rapid fire like questions. You have to answer quickly. So the questions are like, what is the best innovation according to you up till now? What is the best innovation? Innovation. Yeah. 
what according to you is the best generation oh i think um just the tech like for me it's just the ongoing just seeing what the internet the next wave of the internet looks like yeah, with blockchain like for me i'm three. just like so intrigued <laughs> yeah yeah we don't know what the cryptos and uh, have you got an idea about what cryptos and the web3 are you keep do you keep a tab on it yeah i keep a good tab on it just so i could understand what the future looks like as well like i have many friends who work in technologies investing you know a lot of their money and their time into this so i mean crypto is just a currency right now so it's just you know just a global currency you could say yeah. that's developed on different chains and they have their own kind of ecosystems you could say so i think investing in that's not bad um and then there's the nfts as well which i've kind of like dabbled into a little but i think like everyone has their own journey on understanding what that looks like for them so everyone has their different opinions so um i think if one good thing is just doing research on it yeah i think most of the people are currently doing that so next would be uh, what is your motto in life for me i'm always i like the flowing mentality is always what i go for because it's having fun while learning like my mom's always saying like you know whatever you do just like she's always like you work hard and play hard but i'm like you know what mm-hmm. i just love like just having a positive mindset like me i mean i don't really like i like working but i also enjoy life in general like being with my friends like i enjoy cooking i enjoy going hiking as well so having that work life balance is also key yeah you take life as they come along so mm mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what is your favorite startup uh, currently? Oh, I don't know. I guess some of my favorite startups are just. Um, oh, this is a good question. I see so much in the renewable space, like with battery and like um, yeah. doing renewable energy sources. Like there was one. Um, I think there's Earthride that launched here in Nashville, and that's a kind of like Uber, but. only for electric vehicles so i thought that was like really cool to just go on a platform that you can just go okay like we know that this is the future of how we function as sure. an ecosystem so i think that's yeah. yeah that's cool yeah and for the last question what message do you have for young entrepreneurs out there who want to make an impact in this ever changing tech landscape i think don't just listen to people and soak and have ideas always action them that will be the yeah. key thing execution is the key correct mm-hmm. so with that we come to an end of our conversation